You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We begin with that winter weather mayhem. Heavy snow and wind battering BC's coast and creating treacherous conditions. And once again, we have team coverage. There is a lot to cover from highway closures, ferries and flight delays to transit woes and what's coming next. And that next problem is where we want to start with tonight because it's breaking news. There are warnings that we could see hurricane force winds in some areas tonight. Aaron MacArthur is out in the Fraser Valley. Aaron, people have messaged us to allow you to come inside, but it's important that you stay out there <laughs> and show us how bad it really is. We are all good, viewers, I promise you. It is windy out here, though. We're getting wind, wind sustained 50, 60 kilometers an hour, gusting to about 70. Highway 1 is open between, uh, between Sumas and Lickman Road in Chilliwack, but there is every chance that it might close as these winds pick up. Visib visibility is really bad at the moment as we get a big gust through here. The wind's expected to continue through the region throughout the night. I'll be back later with more information. Chris. I'm amazed at how many people are in vehicles still on the roads behind you. Thanks very much, Aaron that Aaron is upright in that wind. All right, let's bring in Grace Key now, who is live in Vancouver. Grace, travel of any kind was not advised today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that actually came from the Ministry of Transportation. They put out an advisory letting driver know, drivers know, unless you absolutely have to be out on the roads today, it's better if you just stay home. Go, 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 go. A lot of people in Vancouver were able to get to work thanks to these two. A bus driver stuck in the snow and another Good Samaritan helped driver after driver get up this snowy hill on Oak Street near Broadway. I was coming down and then I saw him out here giving a push so then I stopped and then I uh, came out and helped him start pushing and I parked my truck and then been out here for 45 <laughs> minutes just pushing cars basically. The early morning commute into work was a traffic mess. On Boundary Road, cars and buses were left stranded on the hill, some in the middle of the road snarling up traffic. Others gave up and turned around. One car needed a bit of a running start before making it up the hill. Oh, it's really bad. If you can stay home, just stay home. Yeah, this is insane. Vancouver's not prepared for this. The Fraser Valley saw the worst of it with strong winds causing whiteout conditions. Highway 1 between Sumas and Lickman was shut down and the Ministry of Transportation giving a rare warning for motorists to avoid travel if possible. As the morning progressed, conditions didn't get any better. This was the huge backup on the Patello Bridge. Drivers on the New Westminster side hit a bad icy patch. Neighbors grabbed shovels trying to help out, and traffic was stopped until trucks arrived to plow and salt the area. My brother lives nearby and I grabbed the shovel, and we're just down here trying to help out. As the day went on, road conditions were still dicey. Municipalities and ministry contractors say they were having a tough time keeping up with the snowfall. We're just asking for a lot of patience right now. Uh, crews are doing the best they can. Everybody in the Lower Mainland has a 24-7 operation going on right now. We had the roads cleared out Sunday night um, and ready to go for the next storm, but it turned out very cold, so we couldn't pre-treat the roads. We couldn't get enough salt brine out. Um, and then you had the, the very cold temperatures dropping in 
freezing whatever moisture on the road on the road very quickly. So we're just on the corner of Broadway and Oak. Where you, behind me here, you can see this road has been shut down. It's just on a, a little bit of a hill, so they're not advising people to stay on here. Just wanted to show you as well, that bus that you saw at the beginning of the story, that's the same bus that we showed you. So it was stuck there about 6.30 this morning. So about 12 hours later, it is still there. It hasn't been moved yet. So just showing you again how busy crews have been out there trying to handle all these buses that have been stuck and uh, really just trying to play catch up here. Incredible. All right. Thanks for that. Grace Key in Vancouver for us. All right. And on the trap uh, or on the topic of trapped buses, stuck buses, Nadia Stewart is in Burnaby for us. And yeah, even people who decided not to drive, it wasn't much better for them on transit, Nadia. No, it was a rough go, and that is still the warning in through the evening from TransLink. If you do not need to be out, if you don't need to catch a bus or a train, just stay home. Skytrain is operating on a very, very limited schedule today. Our suggestion is that if you do not need to be out, please return to your homes. This message greeting Skytrain passengers first thing this morning as they weathered the snow to try and catch the train, only to find in some cases there was no train to be caught. This is the only transportation we are relying on and it's closed, so what can we do? I hopped in. It's stuck over there and then I came here, then it's closed, then we need to take that bus again, which is already stuck there to get over Surrey Central. Switch problems caused King George, Saverton and Braid stations to close Wednesday morning. And there were widespread delays all day across the system. As desperate times called for desperate measures to keep thousands of commuters moving. You had delays, two trains going to downtown, have one already, my train hasn't come yet. And buses are running, but I don't know if I want to do that. But by mid-afternoon, questions were mounting about how prepared TransLink is for weather such as this. In Vancouver, city crews did their best to keep up with the snow. So they've been on it all night long and again into this morning, uh, focusing on our key priority routes. Our main routes, priority hills, uh, corner ramps, bus stops. TransLink says they are prepared for winter weather, but these conditions are extreme. They're still urging commuters to avoid unnecessary travel throughout the evening. These are not typical winter conditions, even for Metro Vancouver. What we've seen today, instead of, sort of wet, heavy snow, which is more typical for this region, we've seen some very dry snow, we've seen very strong winds, and that has caused some real challenges on the system. I just took a look at the, the train as it passed through behind me. Did not see a lot of people on the train, so it seems like people are getting the message. But if you are going out, the warning, you, are sh you should expect longer than usual wait times, particularly for the buses, because the roads are still just so rough. Back to you guys. All right, Nadia, thank you. Now let's get back to those punishing winds. Our Aaron MacArthur is live in the Fraser Valley. Uh, he hasn't blown away yet, but it is really picking up out there. Aaron? Yeah, Sophie, even in the last 10, 15 minutes, the winds have really started to pick up and the visibility on the Sumas Prairie east of here is really disintegrating very quickly, a chance that the highway may be closed again. Earlier in the afternoon, the highway was closed for several hours dozens of cars off the road, drivers simply unprepared for the windy, wintry conditions. Blowing snow, drifting snow, compact section, it was ugly. 
Now, wind is going to be an issue across the region as this night goes forward. Ferries took the unprecedented step of canceling all the ferries tonight as of 3 p.m. Not something they wanted to do, but something they felt they had to do in the name of public safety. We do understand it has been a frustrating last few days for our customers with, with all of the storms and the cancellations. But as I mentioned, ultimately, safety is our top priority for our customers and our crew. We are recommending customers who are planning on traveling with us tomorrow to check our website, bcferries.com, um, prior to leaving for the terminal for the most up-to-date conditions. Now, as we continue to see these high velocity winds through the Sumas Prairie and into the re rest of the region later on tonight, we're expecting power outages. We will keep an eye on that as the night goes forward. Sophie, Chris? All right, thanks for that. Aaron MacArthur in the Fraser Valley for us. And we'll bring in meteorologist Christy Gordon now. Christy, what do we need to know about the wind heading into the evening and overnight as well? Well, in terms of the winds, what we're mostly concerned about, as Aaron mentioned, is those power outages, but also the whiteout conditions. You can see here that the snow has certainly let up, but it's the blowing snow, all of that light snow being blown across the roads because of those winds. Let me break down the warning for you. For starters, the strongest winds will be through the house sound. We talked about hurricane force winds. That will be out near the water uh, where we could see wind gusts in excess of 110 kilometers an hour. Now for Metro Vancouver, Fraser Valley, parts of Vancouver Island, including Greater Victoria, and as well as the Sunshine Coast, the gusts will range from about 70 to 90 kilometers an hour. And we're expecting those peak winds anytime between 8 p.m. tonight and likely midnight. Now, after midnight, we're expecting the winds to ease off and conditions will improve. But there are many parts of Vancouver Island, House Sound, that are still expecting significant snowfall. So when I come back, I'll show you which areas still could see 25 centimeters of snow and what that means for the morning commute there as well as here. All right, we'll check in. Thanks very much, Christy. Well, as you might imagine, the phones at ICBC have been ringing off the hook with people reporting damage to their vehicles. On Monday, call volumes were up 22% in the Lower Mainland. That's compared to last week. And Tuesday, they were up 9%. I imagine they'll be up even more tomorrow. There have been more than 15,000 calls from around the province to dial a claim. Right now, though, a global news investigation has uncovered some stunning new revelations about illegal gaming in B.C., its ties to money laundering and organized crime and alleged corruption by those who were supposed to oversee it. The explosive allegations are outlined in a report from an RCMP anti-illegal gambling unit that was shut down soon after its evidence was presented to government. Now, as John Hua reports, the critics are wondering how the unit ever could have been disbanded. One individual has been charged uh, in regards to her homicide. Murder. Forced prostitution even child kidnapping. As police investigators connected the criminal dots, many led them to BC casinos. We need to have questions answered. How far did this go? The list of horrifying criminal allegations all documented in a January 2009 police report obtained by Global News. This goes further than a public inquiry into money laundering. I'm sorry, this is, this is very, very serious. The report was written by the BC RCMP's anti-illegal gambling unit, IGET. Their purpose to push the provincial government for more resources and a reach beyond underground gaming houses. BC's Solicitor General at the time, Rich Coleman, came to another conclusion. Soon after, shutting down IGET for being ineffective. 
the province's most senior law enforcement officer not only turned a blind eye to this report, but immediately actively shut down the policing unit that was bringing this to his attention. One of the most concerning allegations in this report that someone connected to Asian organized crime was allowed to buy into a BC casino. It also alleges that the regulatory investigator knew about these connections and still let the deal go through. Rich Coleman refused to be interviewed, only providing a statement. As minister, I carried out my fiduciary and legal duties, and to insinuate otherwise would be incorrect. You find out that nothing has been done until maybe a couple of years ago when all of this information was uh, brought out publicly. The report also outlines outrageous examples of possible casino money laundering, red flagged about a decade before the problem hit its peak in this province. One subject buying $4.8 million in casino chips over five years. Another purchasing nearly $3.3 million in chips in just one year. You have to question what actions did um, regulators, police, uh, politicians uh, take. Former Crown Prosecutor Sandy Garasino says this report kills any notion. Government naively thought money laundering was a victimless crime. And Mr. Coleman kept saying, oh, nothing, nothing to see here. That report is uh, absolutely is the nail in the coffin on any argument that he didn't know. Coleman would eventually replace IGET with another task force, but not until April of 2016, leaving many to wonder what horrific crimes were committed, with no one connecting the dots. John Hua, Global News. A Kelowna woman who was abandoned as a newborn in a garbage bag in Calgary more than 30 years ago is in the news again tonight. Tiana Elliott, who was named Baby Mary back at the time, says she's found her birth parents, including the mother who abandoned her. Global Calgary's Tracy Nagai reports. It was a story that captivated Canadians. In November 1987, a newborn was found abandoned in a garbage bag in this Calgary parking lot. It took a really emotional toll and it was really hard to process. The public named her baby Mary and she was adopted. Her new family quickly moving her out of the spotlight and out of the province to Kelowna, B.C. Very few people knew who she was uh, around us, just our, you know, our close family. But in 2017, baby Mary, whose real name is Tiana Elliott, decided to step back into the public eye, putting out a plea to anyone who might have information. She also tried Ancestry.com, a DNA data bank, and there was a hit. I got a message from a cousin that said, we share grandparents. Now years after her search began, Tiana has tracked down her biological mother and father. For privacy reasons, Tiana is not revealing their names, but says it has been an emotional journey. Those grappling to understand how anyone could leave a baby in frigid conditions, Tiana says her birth father wasn't aware of her existence. And she's taking small steps with her mother, still trying to make sense of it all. Tiana and her family say she was left to be found. If it was in different circumstances, I would be upset. But the way that she was left was not a way to be left abandoned. And that was made clear to us by the police and by our social worker. Now Tiana has a daughter and her family of her own. And the hope is that after all this time, they can all move forward together. Tracy Nagai, Global News.
Now returning to the latest weather warning, concerns about powerful winds hitting Vancouver Island and the south coast tonight. Let's check in again with Aaron MacArthur, who is suffering in the Fraser Valley for us tonight. We appreciate that, Aaron, but uh, you have important information for our viewers, of course. Yeah, no frostbite yet, Sophie, but uh, it's coming if we don't get out of here. Uh, the wind has really picked up here on the Sumas Prairie in the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, 50 kilometers an hour or more, gusting 70 kilometers an hour. The visibility between here and uh, Three Road, where the Big Yellow Barn is, is almost non-existent now. But by the same token, there are still cars on the road and the highway is still open. Earlier in the day, that wasn't the case. The highway was closed between Sumas and Lickman Road for a good, a good chunk of the day. Cars were littered in the ditches, in the medians all day. The visibility was rotten. The driving conditions were rotten. And that wind largely to blame for much of those, much of those accidents. The wind going through this evening now is going to be an issue when it comes to hydro and power outages. Right now we're hearing that there are power outages on the island, 3,000 customers affected at the moment. But if the wind continues, we're expecting more power outages across the region. BC Hydro says people need to be prepared. It's difficult to predict how much damage a storm will cause and how long our power outage will last for. So that's why we always encourage customers to be prepared. Customers should always know how to get a hold of us and we could be reached at 1-800-BC-HYDRO and they should always have an emergency kit ready. And that emergency kit should have supplies that last for at least 72 hours. And those supplies should include items like water, non-perishable foods, extra batteries and a flashlight. Now, one of the other issues about driving tonight will be the bridges. If the wind really picks up, highway crews have said they may be forced to close the bridges because of the wind and the blowing snow. We will keep an eye on all of this. We will have the very latest at 11 o'clock. Sophie, Chris. All right, long night ahead for you. Thank you, Aaron. And now we'll go over to Vancouver Island where residents are digging out there. More than 30 centimeters of snow has fallen and more is on the way. Couple that with the wind and visibility could be zero in some areas tonight. Here's Global's Brad McLeod now with more on how Islanders are coping. Victoria got dumped on and people all over southern Vancouver Island woke up to 20 to 30 centimeters. While northern parts of the island were relatively spared. Islanders had to shovel their driveways and, well, their docks. Lots of snow, but lots of people helping out. Yeah, they helped us push us out, which is really nice. It's like friendly people just like helping us get out of the ditch. No, go, the roads go. are pretty good. It's just the side roads that are just not plowed or... Side roads sidetracked until city crews in their seven plow-equipped vehicles can clear the busiest roads first. And uh, over the course of an event like this through last night and today, we will probably use up to 200 tons of this salt. Fortunately, right now, we can't predict when we'll be able to get to the residential streets. We're going to get there as soon as we can. Uh, but if another wave of snow comes, then that'll set us back again. Schools were closed today. The messages from post-secondaries UVic, Camosun, VIU, and school districts from Parksville, Qualicum Southward, tweeting out, it's a snow day. That's why this hill was packed. We decided to come sledding, build an igloo in the backyard, let the dog run around a bit. And in peak Victoria form, stand-up paddleboard. Why not? Yeah, we saw a mean winter punch last night. Nanaimo got more than 20 centimeters. Greater Victoria, almost 30. 
but the hardest hit? At Lake Cowichan, we have a, a volunteer network station there that uh, reported 36 and a half centimeters, and they're going to see potentially up to another 30 tonight. Victoria's Public Works is warning people to keep drains clear for potential rain and melt. The storm left thousands without power in areas like Souk, Machosan, and Victoria, but BC Hydro says the worst may be coming when the extremely high winds hit. Brad McLeod, Global News, Victoria. All right, Keith Baldry is back out in the elements once again for us tonight. Keith, today's snow bringing back memories of the blizzard of 96. Yeah, certainly. I think it is the biggest, single biggest overnight dump of snow since that fabled uh, storm of the century, 96. But back then, about six feet fell overnight. I think about one, or, a couple of feet, uh, uh, up to 30 centimeters fell on Victoria streets. So again, early morning, a bit of mayhem. Uh, streets were impassable in many neighborhoods. Over time, though, uh, we did get uh, uh, more passable streets. But 96, I tell you, so if you lived through it too, this city was completely shut down. Vancouver also got socked as well back in 96 so in some ways there are some parallels but nowhere near the snow we saw back then nevertheless it had a similar impact on victoria earlier today in terms of stopping traffic and people not really being able to get around now the good news i guess it's good news is this is as bad as it's going to get with the snow short term uh christy gordon tells me this is expected to warm up and now we're going to have uh slush again because this city is going to turn into a very slushy messy streets and the worst thing sophie is of course if, if temperatures do drop in the foreseeable future that slush could turn to ice so uh it looks pretty right now one thing i'll tell you i don't think that fountain's going to melt anytime soon <laughs> no just keeps building and building on itself all right thanks for that keith well traffic and transit chaos have dominated our coverage tonight but every time the snow flies and the mercury drops metro vancouver hospitals also brace for an increase in weather-related injuries. Our Catherine Urquhart was given exclusive, unprecedented access to Vancouver General Hospital's emergency room and some tips on how to stay out of the ER. BC paramedics prepare for challenging winter conditions, putting chains on their ambulance. In recent days, they've faced a spike in calls. Double the amount of normal incidents uh, related to the weather, for sure. You know, we've had a number of falls, both elderly and non-elderly people that have slipped on the ice and that. Inside Vancouver General Hospital, emergency room staff are also busy helping the injured. The most common injuries we're seeing are injured wrists and injured ankles. Okay, any, any injuries that are worse than that? Yeah, so some of the other things are back injuries, hip fractures and head injuries. Many injuries are preventable. Emergency room doctors have some advice. Make sure you've got good traction, good shoes with good grips. Uh, the second is give yourself extra time so you can slow down. If you see a patch of ice, you want to shuffle along it with short, small steps, kind of like a penguin. Also, make sure your carbon monoxide monitor works. Poisonings increase during cold spells. If you do injure yourself and it's non-life-threatening, consider going to an urgent care centre where waits are usually shorter. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Another surprise announcement today from former Green Party leader Andrew Weaver. He is leaving the Green Caucus and will sit as an independent. Richard Zussman has more on the personal reasons behind Weaver's decision and whether it'll affect the legislature. As snow and wind wreak havoc on the provincial capital, Andrew Weaver providing some additional chaos 
on Wednesday announcing he is quitting the party he brought to prominence to sit as an independent MLA. The reason? A family health issue. Weaver unavailable to add further clarity to the statement, but did provide some written words, saying, Sitting as an independent will also give me a better opportunity during the upcoming legislative sitting to attend to personal matters, including a number of health challenges affecting my family. The longest serving Green MLA in the province's history plans on continuing on as an MLA until the next election. Weaver stepped down as the party's leader last week with plans not to run in that next election. The biggest question, though, is what impact this will have on a minority government holding on to power by the thinnest margins. I had the opportunity to speak with Premier Horgan uh, to, to reassure him and reaffirm that our commitment to CASA and to ensuring the stability of the minority government. Other MLAs in Weaver's position have taken leaves of absences. Weaver hopes becoming an independent will lessen his workload, but there have been rumblings of frustrations building from within the Green Caucus and within the Green Party itself. Before this family health scare, Weaver suffered from a condition affecting his balance and navigation. This is a decision that uh, MLA Weaver has made. Uh, I can't speak to the reasoning behind the decision that he made. He notified us that this was his decision. Uh, the BC Green Party supports that decision. The Greens are in the midst of a leadership contest and Weaver says quitting also allows for that contest to be more independent and for new candidates to provide their own ideas. But with Weaver leaving, the winds of change are clearly blowing and in the case of the Greens, it seems they're heading in the wrong direction. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. At the federal level, the race to replace conservative leader Andrew Scheer got a big shot in the arm today with a high-profile candidate. Peter McKay making a four-word announcement on Twitter. I'm in. Stay tuned. Depending on who else enters the race, the former cabinet minister would likely be considered a front-runner. Look, there's always a lot of expectations when a candidate announces. Uh, but how they run their campaign, can they catch fire, can they catch imagination beyond uh, simply name recognition, that will be what the, the Conservatives are looking for over the next uh, five, six months. So all eyes are now on Rana Ambrose, who served as interim leader before Andrew Scheer took over. She is considered by many to be almost unbeatable if she chooses to run. Another apology today from the government of Iran for shooting down the Ukrainian jetliner and an acknowledgement that many Iranians are outraged. For the Canadian government, the big question now is the repatriation of the remains of the 57 Canadians who died. Global's Redmond Shannon has the latest. Remembering the victims of Flight 752, this memorial on the streets of Tehran also includes a photo of Qasem Soleimani, the commander killed by a U.S. airstrike five days before an Iranian missile downed the passenger jet. The bodies of all 57 Canadians killed remain in Iran. And there are concerns some victims may not be repatriated to Canada as Iran does not recognize dual citizenship. This video is believed to be the mother of a victim pleading for help from the Canadian government. A Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian and they are entitled to all the rights that Canadian citizens have and we will do our utmost to make sure that those rights are accorded to them. Even the Iranian government is now acknowledging it is facing growing anger from its own people after admitting its missiles shot down the jet. People make mistakes, unforgivable mistakes. 
but it happened in the time of a crisis. This Iranian journalist told Global News many Iranians will not be satisfied if the government simply scapegoats a minor military figure. He says Iran has a diverse range of views, but many people in the country are united in their outrage, and the regime is worried. Redmond Shannon, Global News, London. In Health Matters tonight, a new study suggests women's blood vessels may age faster than men's. Researchers from Cedars-Sinai analyzed several decades of data from nearly 33,000 people. They found that women showed signs of elevated blood pressure earlier in life and that continued throughout their lives. That could mean that women's blood vessels age at a faster rate, and it could be why women develop different types of heart disease at different points in life. They hope it'll change the way doctors treat women's heart health. That picture we showed you last night of the Duchess of Sussex visiting a Vancouver Women's Centre has now been seen around the world. As Robin Gill reports, the people who work with the city's at-risk women hope it will focus more attention on the desperate situation on the downtown east side. On Monday, a rather vague email popped into Kate Gibson's inbox. She didn't know the sender, who was asking to visit the downtown east side Women's Centre. Well, after some back and forth, it turned out to be the Duchess of Sussex. Oh no, it wasn't planned at all. The spontaneous visit to this notorious neighbourhood was brief, but puts the world's eyes on this troubled part of Vancouver. What she really wants to know about is what goes on for women in this community, what are the challenges and barriers that women face. Given her interest in doing charity work, in supporting those who are disadvantaged in some kind of way, it makes sense. In 2016, Kate and Will spent part of their royal tour in the downtown east side to meet with young mothers struggling with substance abuse. Megan is continuing the royal tradition of highlighting charities just in Canada now. Is she carving out a role for herself in Canada by doing this? I think so, because it instantly signals that this is not about petty family divisions, but this is really about being able to focus on work, concentrate on work that is found to be meaningful. For the Women's Centre, it's not unwanted attention. She did shine a light and she did bring attention to the Women's Centre and, you know, what we do to support women every day. Because the situation in Vancouver's downtown east side is desperate. Robin Gill, Global News. Well, Jeopardy has crowned its greatest of all time champion, but not without some Canadian content. Then... I'm Ryan Reynolds. In addition to me and Alex Trebek, here are some of the greatest Canadians of all time. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' signature brand of humor made an appearance on the primetime special along with some Canucks trivia. We'll have the details coming up right after the forecast. <laughs> so funny. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. No, that's right. All right. Uh, meteorologist Christy Gordon back with us with a look at how uh, things are unfolding so far, Christy. Well, right now we're seeing sustained winds in through the House Sound region at 98 kilometers an hour. No gusts there at this point, but uh, strong northerly winds there with potential for them reaching 110 kilometers an hour. We're seeing them in through the Fraser Valley, 50 to 70 kilometer an hour range out on the coast of uh, Victoria as well. Now we can expect them to intensify between 8 and uh, midnight tonight with these being the potential. Some of the key areas we'll be watching at the southern Gulf Islands and down towards Victoria where we could see 
see them in the 90 kilometer an hour range. A little bit less for Metro Vancouver, but nonetheless powerful winds with potential for power outages. Now, uh, snowfall. I love seeing all your photos, by the way. These are incredible with 30 centimeters close to it in Saanich. Another one having fun with the uh, snow in uh, North Vancouver. Um, and this one, you can barely even see the ruler at 30 centimeters in Coquitlam area. So these are a breakdown for snowfall totals. Uh, upper levels of Coquitlam, 36. Same for the uh, Lake Cowichan area. Significant snow still on the way. Let me break it down for you. The lower mainland likely very little, but there are a few isolated areas could, that could see up to 10. And that's the same for areas down through Victoria, Malahat, and Nanaimo, potentially up to five. The key areas we're concerned about is the east coast, where isolated areas could see up to 25, Sunshine Coast up to 10, and Howe Sound up to 30. And again, that's on top of the wind, so whiteout conditions there. Across the north, light snow from Prince George down through Williams Lake. Uh, areas like Nelson, Castlegar will get significant snow up to 20 centimeters through the day tomorrow. Okanagan Valley, zero to five. And for our region, conditions are going to ease off. Showers or flurries may be over higher terrain tomorrow, but much lighter precipitation expected tomorrow with just spotty conditions. We do still have the potential for some flurries on Friday, but the key here I want to point out is snow for Metro Vancouver with a risk of freezing rain. Sorry, snow for Fraser Valley with a risk of freezing rain continuing in through the Fraser Valley, potentially through the day tomorrow. It's Metro Vancouver that it will ease off. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. Jeopardy has finally crowned its greatest of all time with some Canadian trivia playing a part, including an answer about a BC hero given by a BC superhero. After losing part of his right leg to cancer, he embarked on a marathon of hope running across Canada to raise money to fight cancer. Ken. Who is Fox? Terry Fox, correct. Ken. We don't know if answering the Terry Fox question made the difference for Ken Jennings, but it clearly didn't hurt. Who is Iago? That is the correct response. Your wager. Nothing. James Holzhauer. Did he come up with Iago? He did not. Ken Jennings, you are the champion. Can't believe it happened. How the mighty have fallen mm -hmm. in the NHL. Well, he's got lots of company mm -hmm. because quite a few coaches have gone down. I think if the Canucks hadn't gone on that seven-game win streak, remember they weren't playing well going into that. If they were still losing, I'm not so sure Travis Green would have survived either, but that got him back on track. Uh, less than two years ago, Gerard Gallant was considered a hockey genius for coaching the first-year Vegas Golden Knights of the Stanley Cup Final against Washington. Apparently, upper management in Vegas no longer thinks he's smart, and they fired him today. He has become the seventh coach to be fired or resign this season. And contestants, when you think of it on Survivor, don't get voted off the island as quickly as coaches have in this season. And we're only halfway through the season. Let's recap the coaching carnage where two of the seven at least got new jobs. Think we're going to need some appropriate music for this. Okay, Gerard Gallant gets fired by the Vegas Golden Knights and he's replaced by Peter DeBoer. DeBoer was fired by the San Jose Sharks back on December 11th, but he was not the first coach to go revenant this season. That was John Hines, who began the year yelling at New Jersey Devils and after he was fired by the Devils, he got a job yelling at Nashville Predators because they had fired Peter Laviolette, despite the fact he made the playoffs every year he was in Nashville. 
Now, the circumstances surrounding Bill Peters leaving Calgary and Jim Montgomery being ousted by Dallas had to do with past behaviors and not wins and losses. The guy who, of course, started all of this open season on coaches thing was Mike Babcock, who was bounced by Toronto on November 20th. Speaking of guys released, Whitecaps have let go of midfielder John Aritze after one season. It was a mutual parting of the ways. Aritze uh, came to the Whitecaps from a Spanish club. Never seemed to give the Caps what they wanted. Uh, he was okay at passing the ball, but never drove the offense like he was supposed to. Aritze being let go by the Whitecaps does save the team $752,000 in salary. Now, we talked yesterday with Giants defenseman Bowen Byram about winning gold at the World Junior Hockey Championships. The Giants were very glad he went and won the gold medal, but they're even more glad he's back with them because Vancouver really needs the help for the stretch run. This was the last time Bowen Byron played for the Vancouver Giants prior to departing to the World Juniors. Not surprisingly, Vancouver won the hockey game. It's something they haven't done a lot of since. And it's undeniable how much they've missed their talented defenseman and how much they need him. Front puck loose, they score! Uh, you know, the players were so excited about getting him back uh, into the fold. He's real excited about coming back. He's, he's re-energized, refocused. Uh, we're looking forward to taking a step forward here. The Giants need to take a few steps forward because without Byram, they went backwards in the standings. In the 10 games without him, the Giants lost seven and won just three. So instead of being in the thick of things in the BC division, they now find themselves as a wild card team with a win-loss record a game below 500. We're not really looking at our record so much right now as as, as the next game and, and focusing really, we've broken it down now. We got 29 games left. We're, we're going to go through four seven-game series to get ready for the playoffs. And, uh, and we're focusing on game one Friday night. Scores! Just like the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox are being investigated by Major League Baseball for using video to steal other teams' signals and signs. And just like the Astros, they were doing it when they won the World Series. In 2018, Boston beat the Dodgers for the World Championship. So, the question to Boston management today was, is the 2018 title tainted? The question's been repeated. I'll repeat uh, that we would ask that uh, people, um, fans, uh, reserve judgment until um, we, we know what the MLB investigation reveals. But as we stand here today, do you still believe you beat the Dodgers fair and square? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Okay. There you go. He's just no report for this evening. A little warmer across the province, but still pretty cold. Minus 17, Whistler Blackcomb, 7 centimeters of new snow. Grouse, 28, Cypress, 20, Sasquatch, 15. Manning Park picked up 12, Revelstoke, 4, Fernie, 13, and Kicking Horse, 1. Big White, 5 centimeters, 1 for Silver Star. Nothing new for Sun Peak, but Apex picked up 5. Mount Washington, 10, Whitewater, 2. Red Mountain Powder King, still pretty cold, but they'll warm up over the weekend. Whenever a snow bomb hits Metro Vancouver, you can be assured of a few things. It will bring out the best, the worst, and the weirdest in people. <laughs> That's true. All you had to do was look around today and you witnessed a rainbow of behaviors, and not all of them as awesome as this unicorn. When you're five and nine years old, what could be more exciting than a snow day? A day off school, a day for fun. Let's go. Have fun. Watch out! 
Watch out, watch out. The first of many epic wipeouts. People were sledding. People were skiing. Pretty rare, so it's you got to make the uh, make the opportunity when it comes to you. Runners kept running. Some in denial of the season. You're wearing shorts. Yeah. It's like minus five, dude. I ran out of tights. They're um in the wash right now, so <laughs> I'll be fine. Speaking of fine, this driver got one for 109 bucks. The reason? He didn't clean off his car before hitting the road. It's just laziness, all right? It will take him like five minutes before he leaves. Sadly, he wasn't alone. This man's headlights, taillights, and rear license plate were covered by snow. Yes, there were many bad drivers, but also some generous ones, like the gentleman who offered rides downtown to waiting bus passengers. Those who didn't have to go to work still had their work cut out for them with the shovel. And this, I don't know what to say about this. From a unicorn shoveling to puppies playing, when it snows, the tennis courts go to the dogs. They're all under a year. And this is their first snow? Yeah, yeah, they're enjoying their first snow. Some of them are a little hesitant, but everyone's playing. They love it. You may howl when the flakes fly in Vancouver, but for the dogs, it wasn't so rough. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. <laughs> Nicely done. It's Jordan. always good to throw in the Benny Hill music, too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Awesome. It's us. Uh, okay, what's coming tonight? So we still do have some snow on the way, two to four centimeters. Maybe local areas could see up to 10. Fraser Valley, still snow and freezing rain tomorrow, but for our region, just showers. Let's hope Aaron is. Is that get down? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Let's hope Aaron is thawing out right now. Thanks for watching, everybody. Brush off the snow from your car. Mm-hmm.